Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your host, Ron Hansen, a national reporter for the Arizona Republic. Today, Lauren Castle, a criminal justice reporter for the Republic, joins me in the studio. Great to be here. I'll let you know in advance, we have construction going on in the building, so you'll probably hear a few strange noises in the background. Sorry for the distraction. Lauren, uh, in today's episode, we're talking with the newly appointed Maricopa County Attorney, Alistair Adell. We'll break down what her appointment means to the county attorney's office and what her plans are moving forward. For those who may not know, the county attorney is the prosecutor's office in Arizona. Lauren, give us the background on Alistair Adell, who takes over the state's most populous county attorney's office. Well, Alistair Adell was appointed to the office at the beginning of October. History was made today. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors selected Alistair Adell to replace Bill Montgomery as county attorney. Adell previously provided legal consulting services for nonprofits and small businesses. She formerly worked in the county attorney's office as a deputy county attorney. She also worked for the Maricopa County Bar Association, Arizona Department of Child Safety, and Arizona Department of Transportation. In her first press conference last week, she outlined her plans in office. My priorities will be to protect victims' rights while being just and reasonable and holding criminals accountable. She went on to say that she would develop strong collaborative relationships with the courts, law enforcement, and those in the community who seek to better the justice system. She also plans to run for office in 2020. Ron, you caught up with her last week. Here's what she had to say. I'm sitting down with Alistair Adell, the new Maricopa County attorney, and thank you, Alistair, for your time. I know it's been a pretty dizzying uh, couple weeks for you. It has been two weeks and one day since I was sworn in, but it's been an amazing ride. Good. Uh, we'll see if you say that after a year and two weeks. Right. Ask, ask me again. Right. Uh, let's start off with sort of the big picture. Give us a sense in general what your priorities are for the office overall. What can you do in the near term? What is more of a longer term sort of uh, priority? That's a great question. There are so many moving parts to this office, and so I'm definitely trying to learn all the day-to-day operations. But I'm also trying to make sure that the staff, the attorneys, everyone feels that, you know, we're moving forward. They have been in a state of flux for a long time, and that causes anxiety. Change anytime, I think, can be anxiety-producing. So short-term, I'm trying to walk the halls, get to know people, communicate with them. I'm also taking steps to make sure that we are set up for a good foundation for success, because we have great areas that we can improve upon and be more efficient. And so I assembled a transition team to help us identify some of those really high level strategic priorities. Um, I can tell you some of the, the low hanging fruit, if you will, I hate that term, but it, it gives the idea of what we're trying to look at. Um, I, I'm focusing in on some easy projects that we can get some early wins with to be more efficient. And for instance, public records requests. Um, that's something that I think that we can look at right away and really get moving on it and have a little bit more um, better working business model internally, but then that also keeps to my pledge to be more transparent. Your friends in the media will thank you for that, uh, let me just say uh, right off the bat. You know, beyond being what has become for many in the public and the media what seemed like a secretive agency in recent years, there's also questions about police misconduct, um, 
just a, a more rigorous review of police practices, um, as well as questions about prosecutorial misconduct now making their way through the news. Um, how do you assess the public-facing performance of the agency that you have inherited? I think I'm in a unique position because I have not been in the office in some time. I have been somebody that's on the outside, but I'm going to say quasi on the outside. I am a citizen, a member of the community, so I read what's in the media. So I see some of that, but I also know some of the players as well. Um, so I'm able to, I think, take a step back and see how does this look optics-wise? How are we best serving the public in this regard? But also, how are we doing things right internally? Um, you um, asked sort of two questions there. I'm going to answer them a little bit separately. When we have officer-involved shootings, and there's a fair amount of them that we need to address appropriately and quickly and justly, we're looking at how, how we do these investigations and work more collaboratively with the police departments, um, but also then be able to get information out to the public because they want to know what's going on too. But we have to be mindful of everybody's due process rights and victims' rights when we're doing it. As far as any prosecutorial misconduct, I believe firmly in leading by example, and I, I've said this over and over again, I want us to have a culture of character-driven leadership in the office, and that starts with transparency and um, integrity and ethics. And I think if we start really communicating those values, it's going to permeate throughout the organization. But if there's ever any allegation of harassment or any other type of claim, it will be dealt with swiftly but justly. With that in mind, you've sort of alluded to the uh, officer-involved shootings and such. Obviously, uh, the city of Phoenix has uh, made headlines for the numbers of cases involving their officers and such. How serious do you view that situation at this point? How much of it is public perception? How much of it is misunderstanding? How much of it do you think is legitimate questions about you know, police practices? And, and what role do you see for the prosecutor's office in trying to manage that? I think any time that anyone from any perspective is asking questions is a good thing because we always need to look at see how we can do things better. Are we doing it the right way? Are we doing it ethically? Um, the role of the county attorney's office in this is to work with our police agencies out there um, to be better assisting them in what they're doing because they have their own investigations that they have to handle too. Um, I am excited to be meeting with many of the police chiefs and the sheriff in the coming weeks to discuss issues exactly like this so that I have a better understanding of it so that we can move forward and have best practices in place. Your transition team includes some folks who have talked about the need for uh, greater awareness of things like sentencing reform and also uh, these kinds of shootings. What have you heard from them? How does that, um, what, what lessons, I guess, do you take from those conversations so far? Well, those conversations are very preliminary. In fact, we just had our first meeting yesterday. Um, so we really haven't had any um, in-depth conversations about this yet. It's mainly been just a sharing of ideas so that we can further firm up where we want our role to be in this and what's the appropriate role for this. I'm not a legislator, you know, I'm not the governor, and we need to make sure that we are doing what we can do to support any efforts for our criminal justice system to make it better in some way. But right now we're still so early in that conversation. Okay. Um, Let's talk about something that has been difficult for the agency, I'm sure, the, the whole situation involving Juan Martinez in the Jody Arias case. Setting aside the fact that there's 
personnel matters on that. It seems that there are questions about prosecutorial misconduct that have already given rise to request for new trial from a convicted murderer. You also have sexual uh, misconduct allegations uh, arising on multiple, uh, from multiple sources on this. How do you restore confidence in your agency in the near term on something that is more serious than just a black eye? Well, it's important to remember, too, that there's distinct proceedings. There is the court proceeding and then there's the state bar proceeding. Um, I obviously can't comment on any personnel matters, um, but I can tell you that I support the decision made by then interim county attorney Rachel Mitchell to move Mr. Martinez to a different role within the office. And we're examining if we need to take any additional steps in response to that. Um, Again, I can say that it's something that is very much on my radar and I take seriously, um, but I'm also respectful of the court process, the state bar process, and our internal personnel matters too. Right. Let's talk about another process, the legislative process. Um, Your predecessor um, was not shy about offering his views as to what kind of legislation he preferred, uh, and the governor seemed responsive to that. Um, Sketch out your thinking on the appropriateness for input from county attorneys across the state and any ideas that might be at the top of your, your thoughts and wish list. For this first session going into this, uh, I know that there's a lot of um, different ideas that the counties have, and we are actually going to be finalizing that agenda today, um, this afternoon, to talk about what are our priorities collectively as the 15 counties, um, and how can we work together to get some, some things done. So I'm not really at liberty to share what some of those are just yet because they haven't been finalized, and I certainly don't want to speak for the other 14 counties. Um, I can tell you that we're looking at Um, ways to be collaborative with the legislators on certain bills, be a source of information. Um, But we have yet internally to to finalize what the County Attorney's Office of Maricopa is going to do specifically. So more to come on that. Okay. Um, We've heard some of the things where you may disagree or want to uh, try a new approach uh, from Bill Montgomery's uh, stewardship. But what do you think is something that you definitely want to continue? The, The you know, he may have started or kept going that you think is really maybe deserving of more attention? You know, Mr. Montgomery served uh, in this role with integrity for a long time, and he he did put in some some great things that we need to look at continuing. One that I have heard so much positive feedback just in my short time there is the fact that in our victim services division, we have trained dogs that are there to help victims as they're testifying. Um, We have three of them, actually, um, and the amount of praise that we get from that population that we serve it actually helps them so much when they are in a traumatic situation having to testify. Now, we actually have two dogs going to court now because one of them actually starts to fall asleep and snore really loud, and so we can't have that in the courtroom, so that dog is now for the staff to utilize. Um, so there's things like that, and we do so many other great programs that I don't know the community really knows about um, as far as outreach and preventative activities. So I'd like to see us um, have a more robust program where we're interacting with the community more. Right. Uh, Rachel Mitchell, uh, you mentioned her earlier. She obviously made uh, quite a national splash last year during the confirmation hearings for now Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Um, there, there are at least some who think that she may want to run for the job you now hold. You still have her on staff. How do you massage that dynamic? How, how is that to work with someone who may want your seat? You know, Rachel is an outstanding prosecutor, and I've 
gotten to know her very well in the last two weeks. I, I have known her for many years. We were colleagues. Um, she has a very keen sense about how we can affect meaningful change in the office, and I want to empower her to do that. Um, she's had some great suggestions. She's very innovative. Um, she and I are very much in line on how we want to make the office more efficient and how the attorneys and staff can be more productive. Um, so uh, as, as far as I know, we're, she's dedicated to doing that. She really does genuinely care about the office. Um, and I want to make sure that she's in a position where she can do great things. And I think that we're going to have a great working relationship. Speaking of relationships, you're going to need a productive relationship with the county and with the sheriff. Um, what is uh, what is it that we should know about your approach to that uh, or pre-existing relationships you may already have with some of those folks? You're going to hear me say this word so many times. I, we joke that maybe you need a tick mark for every time I say collaborative. Um, but I even taught at ASU's Public Service Academy the, the concept of cross-sector collaboration because that's how we're going to get things done um, is working together and having conversations and seeing where we can build consensus. Um, so that's my approach to leadership, but also working with all the other county um, government agencies and the Board of Supervisors. Um, as for Sheriff Penzone, I've known the sheriff for a long time. In fact, he was the public information officer when I was out at the homicide scenes. Um, we've already had a couple of really great productive meetings on how we can work together um, and how, um, as his attorney, I can best assist him. And um, same thing with the Board of Supervisors. The group of the, the five Board of Supervisors, the county manager, the clerk of the board, um, I have seen how well they work together and that they genuinely care about having the county's best interests at heart. And we're forming a really solid foundation for a good relationship. One last question. Uh, who are you leaning on, apart from law enforcement officials who obviously must be part of uh, the process and the other attorneys and such in your agency, who else are you leaning on for input and, and guidance just in trying to run this massive uh, agency? I'm trying to surround myself with people that have knowledge in different areas of the office and in the community and with our stakeholders because I don't have all the answers. I don't presume to. And I want to hear differing opinions um, because, again, I'm, I'm not going to make a decision in a vacuum. That's just not me. Um, so I'd like to think that I've assembled a pretty good team, and not just the transition team, but internally in the office as well. Um, we've got some new hires coming in, too. So our leadership team is going to have a, a, a good feel to it, uh, a good working group. And so I'm going to rely on their advice heavily. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's my responsibility and my decision. And I am very aware of the keen responsibility and obligation that I have to the community. Well, thank you so much for your time, Alistair, and congratulations, I think, on the new job. We'll check in to see if you still feel that way later. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, listeners, let's dive into some afterthoughts. Lauren, Adele repeatedly identified areas where she thinks she will do di things a little differently than her predecessor, Bill Montgomery. What do you think of the tone that she's striking in all this? Well, it seems like she might be doing some stuff in regards to criminal justice reform. Um, she plans on going on listening and learning tours. Um, she told me that it's not just a strictly legislative solution, but a collaborative one. Um, she plans on talking to community members and then also seeing what needs to be done inside the, inside the county attorney's office. What struck me in, in part with some of this is that she didn't deny the existence of some of the problems that that you've been writing about and, and others in the community have been identifying uh, for months, if not years now. Um, 
it seems that she's recognizing the legitimacy of these kinds of issues. Do you think that she gets it? Is this about just sort of extending the honeymoon? Do, where does her, her interest or wokeness on these kinds of issues comes from? I think she understands it. You know, the public really wants an answer. Um, this is something that the county attorney's office really needs to address. Um, their reputation has been dealing with this for a many, many years. So it's kind of time for them to take action on this problem. So she's talked a lot about making changes. Are there any signs yet that that's actually happening? I think we kind of have to just wait and see. Um, at least with public records, in my experience, it seems like I'm finally getting some of my records um, when I've been pressing them for it. Um, but, you know, there are some bigger records um, that our paper really wants access to, at least when it comes to the sexual assault harassment investigation, when it comes to Juan Martinez. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, uh, Adele steps into office with the lead prosecutor that you just mentioned from the Jody Arias murder case, uh, facing several misconduct allegations. The office had become really unresponsive to public records requests, and the, the whole police shootings um, has been an ongoing community concern. Does she inherit a bad hand in all this, or is this just sort of, you know, goes with the turf of, of any prosecutor's office? I think it's going to be tough for her. She has a challenge um, dealing with all the, all these issues that she needs to, I guess, think about and figure out how she's going to deal with it, um, especially when it comes to Juan Martinez. You know, he has all of these um, allegations against him and procedures that are going on. Um, especially when it comes to Jody Arias and then the sexual harassment investigations. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that she's going to have to deal with and kind of address and understand and think about what the county attorney's office wants to do. Speaking of challenges uh, that you had identified, um, is she going to face significant challengers uh, when she is running for election next year? So far, there have been at least five Democrats that have put their names in the race and at least one um, independent named Matthew Long, um, who told reporters last week um, that he's not um, happy with the choice of Alistair. Um, he said that he believes that she was handpicked um, because she was a woman. Um, so that's something that she's also going to have to address during campaign. There's one other name that a lot of people may be familiar with, and that's Rachel Mitchell. Is there any possibility that she would end up challenging uh, Adele? Well, sources have told me that no one is thinking about challenging Adele. So right now we're just going to have to wait to see. Okay. Uh, well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. Listeners, be sure to follow her reporting by going to azcentral.com and clicking local. Where can people find you on Twitter? They can find me at at Lauren underscore Castle. Okay, that's it for today, Gaggle listeners. While we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Maritza Dominguez with oversight from Katie O'Connell and Kayla White. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week. 